Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shot in the Dark. I'm your host, John Cena Evil here. Let's get right down to it, starting with AEW Rampage. We have the Hardys and the Best Friends defeating Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Angela Parker, and Matt Menard. They obviously need a new tag, a new stable name, now that they're not part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. They even have MJ in their corner still, so it's pretty much JAS without Sammy and Jericho. Garcia and Jeff Hardy have a dance-off during the match, and the ending was the babyfaces destroying Garcia at the end with a twist of fate and swanton bomb from Jeff Hardy to get the pin and the win. Jeff Jarrett and crew, speaking of uh, crews that need names in their stables, interrupt Eddie Kingston backstage and tells him to defend the titles against Jay Lethal, but Kingston says that he would once Lethal stops hanging out with them and be more serious. Stokely Hathaway then tells Jarrett and the crew that he had a proposition for them. We see a Danhausen vignette hyping up his return and it's done in the same style as the jingle from Halloween 3. If you guys know the jingle, it's definitely going to be stuck in your head after seeing that. Claudio Castagnoli and Willie Yuta of the Blackpool Combat Club defeated Levy Shapiro and Wise Guy Ruiz to enhancement talents here pretty easily with Claudio launching Yuta on top of Shapiro with the fast ball special for the pen. We go back to Garcia and crew in the back as Menard and Parker were upset at Garcia for dancing too much. They said they're still a family and they will take Anna Jay to the hospital to get checked out as she uh, was uh, had a little injury during the match. And they all kind of give Garcia a death stare before leaving. So I'm not sure if this is leading to Garcia splitting away from them, but I think that he deserves to be on his own. We have a Ring of Honor World Title number one contenders four-way match as Commander defeated Penta El Zero Miedo, Lindsay Dorado making his AEW debut, and Johnny TV while Eddie Kingston was on commentary. Fun and fast, the best match of the show without a doubt. Commander doing crazy Commander things as usual, ending with his 450 off the rope walk onto Dorado for the pen, and then he went on to face Eddie Kingston the following night on Collision. We get a backstage promo from Ortiz, who said that him and Mike Santana were supposed to have an eye-to-eye, but instead Santana went home. Ortiz then calls him the same little kid in the projects that was always crying, and he's a fragile kid on the inside, and he said he's going to expose Santana and take out his other knee. Very good promo here from Ortiz. We don't really get to hear him talk too much, so it's good to hear him do a backstage promo here. Uh, this inevitable match that I feel like they've been leading up to since forever. I do want to see it, though. And the main event here, Hikaru Shida and Chris Dallander defeated Nala Rose and Marina Shafir. Shida hit the katana on Shafir, but instead of going for the pen, she hit the nightcap, which is Soraya's finisher, to get the pen ahead of her AEW Women's World Championship title win against um, Soraya that happened on that Dynamite. Impact Wrestling on before the Impact, Savannah Evans defeated Jessica with a full Nelson slam. And on the main show, Tasha Steele defeated Killer Kelly. Deanna Perrazzo got involved, causing distraction as Tasha hit the blackout on Kelly for the win. Tasha and Deanna will be getting a Knockouts Tag Team Championship uh, opportunity at Bound for Glory. John Schuyler walks into Savannah Evans' locker room and says after her victory tonight, she could be the perfect tag team partner for him. But Giselle Shaw shuts him down and says that since Jay Vidal caused her the match last week, he deserves a whipping and he could be Schuyler's tag team partner instead. Mike Bailey interrupts Jonathan Gresham backstage, asking why he would cheat to win, but he just walks away instead of giving an answer. Tommy Dreamer comes to the ring and quest that Crazy Steve joins him in the ring, in which he does. Dreamer says that him and Steve go way back, and when Steve couldn't afford a hotel back when they were in TNA together, he will let Steve crash with him, and he brought Steve back to Impact after he got let go the first time, before talking about Steve being a legit blind and being an amazing performer as a result, not just one of the best blind wrestlers in wrestling, but one of the best wrestlers, period. Dreamer talks about his own father losing his eyesight and one night even teaching Steve how to drive when he said he would never be able to. Dreamer said he didn't know about Steve's mom, and if he wanted the title shot, all he had to do was ask. So they, of course, just hug it out, just to reveal that Steve has literally stabbed a fork in the back of Dreamer, as officials come out to stop Steve. Dirty Dangle, Jake Something, Champagne Singh, Jordan Grace, and Eric Young defeated Bully Ray, Brian Myers, Shira, Jody Threat, and Kylan King in a 10-person match. And as a result, the winning team will earn a right to face off next week in a five-way match to determine the number one and number 20 spot in the Call Your Shot gauntlet match that will happen at Bound for Glory. This match got a little bit out of hand with everybody pretty much turning on their own partners until Jake Something hit the void on Shira for the win. 
Josh Alexander was being interviewed about tonight's match against Khan as Alex Shelley tells him that he will be on commentary to make sure that Alexander stays 100% before their match at Battle for Glory. The ABC defeated Jay Vidal and John Schuyler in a fan's revenge match. What is a fan's revenge match? That's when selected fans are lumberjacks on the outside with straps and they can whip whoever they choose to once they exit the wing. And uh, surprise, surprise, they only attack the heels for this as um, they're high-fiving and taking selfies with the ABC. Pretty funny here. And some uh, actual familiar fans that I saw here. So it was actually kind of a legit pretty funny here. The ABC ends this by hitting the fold and the art of finesse back-to-back on Skylar as Austin gets the pen. Moose defeated Bupinder Gujur pretty quickly after hitting the spear as he adjusts uh, back to being in the singles wrestler now as he has a world title shot opportunity. Steve Macklin comes out and says that that briefcase and that world title shot should be his as he was the one to grab it until Rhino gored, him, gored it out of his hands and tells him to give it to him. The lights go out when they come back. It's PCO who starts attacking Moose, Brian Myers, and Macklin. And then Macklin, as he was leaving, he gets gored by Rhino as they do announce that a Monsters Ball match will be happening at, at um, Bound for Glory between Macklin, Moose, Rhino, and Steve and um and PCO. Sorry, too many people here in this match. The Rascals were backstage spray painting the tag team titles as Santino yells at them for defacing it. ABC walks in and says they want to cash in their briefcase at Bound for Glory. Rich Swan and Sabi Callahan walk in and said they want a title shot as well. Since Santino says that next week it'll be the Rascals versus Callahan and Swan, and the champions of that match will face ABC at Bound for Glory. And in the main event, Josh Alexander defeated Khan. The referee gets taken out as Dina tried to interfere, but Alex Shelley leaves commentary to help Alexander just to get taken out by Alexander by accident. Alexander ends the match after hitting the C4 spike for the pen, but Shelly gets in his face after the match. As Alexander tries to leave, Shelly stops him and hits him with the shell shock. We go to ROH on Honor Club. In the first match for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, Athena defeated Layla Hirsch in a very good 10-plus minute match here. Um, the Seattle crowd was fully behind this match, and the ending saw Hirsch miss a top row moonsault as Athena catches her with a kick and hits the knees powerbomb to the face that she calls Despicable Knee. I actually like that name with the whole minion thing. It definitely fits. Billy Starks then pleads to Athena after the match to stop attacking Layla, and when she actually listened, and then Maria Canellas comes out and kind of mouths to Layla that she wasn't ready, as she's been saying the last couple of weeks. Josh Woods defeated the debuting Tyler Payne very quickly after hitting the Tilt Woods. Pain is being an enhancement talent as well. Rocky Romero defeated Christopher Daniels after hitting a running slice bread. A very good matchup between these two veterans, and they had a backstage promo before, kind of hyping up their um their history they have between each other. Scorpio Sky defeated Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young, making his Ring of Honor debut here. Scorpio Sky hitted the TKO for the pen. Willow Nightingale, Kira Hogan, and Sky Blue, all color-coordinated wearing blue here, defeated Lady Frost and the Renegades. Willow gets the pen on Charlotte, Renegade, after hitting the Gut Wrench Powerbomb. Ethan Page defeated Invictus Cash easily after hitting the Slingshot Cutter that he calls the Headshot. Mark Sterling and Tony Nese were backstage, cutting a promo on Satoshi Kojima, declaring war on anyone who likes bread. Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste of TMDK, making their Honor Club debut, defeated the Infantry. Haste gets the pen on Carly Bravo to get the win. Ethan Page was backstage and said that he hopes that Eddie Kingston was watching him as he's been getting wins here in ROH and he's going to continue to. Satoshi Kojima making his Honor Club debut defeated Tony Nese. Kojima comes out to defend the honor of bread as Nice was cutting a promo on bread and says, and Kojima just says, I love bread. Mark Sterling tried to interfere in this match, but Kojima stopped Nice with the lariat to get the pen. We have another one of those minion in training segments as Athena says that Lexi Nair has passed while Billy Starks has failed. And as her punishment, she has to go into Tony Khan's office and pretend to be Will Nightingale and say, I'm a big loser. Billy Starks defeated Trisha Dora. Good showing from Starks, winning by submission with a crossface. Darius Martin defeated Lee Johnson. And we saw that Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty were in the back scouting as commentary says they could be looking for a new member of Shane Taylor Promotions. Martin gets to pin on Johnson after hitting a frog splash. I actually wouldn't mind seeing either Johnson or Darius Martin as part of the... The Shane Taylor promotions, but I guess that makes more sense for Johnson since Darius Martin obviously has his brother Dante and the tag team with Action Andretti, but who knows? It could be a fun little dynamic before Dante returns. 
Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty of Shane Taylor Promotions defeated the Workhorsemen, the Iron Savages, and Cole Carter, Griff Garrison in a four corners tag team match. Very fast paced here with distractions at the end with Maria Canales and Jack Jameson getting involved. There was some sausage sauce, uh, savage sauce going on here as Taylor knocked out Carter with the right punch to get the win. And in the main event here, Commander, Gravity, and Metalik defeated the Helico, Serpentico, and Gringo Loco. Great lucha match here as Commander hit the rope walk, shooting star press on Gringo for the pen and the win. We go to MOW Fusion. We have a tornado tag team match here as One Call Manders and Matthew Justice of the Second Gear crew defeated the Callings Cannonball and Talon as Mance Warner joined commentary. Justice gets the pin on Talon after hitting a top rope splash. Love Doug was backstage writing a song for Becca in which Jacob Fatu comes in and says that Love Doug has the voice of an angel. Tony Deppin and TJ Crawford were backstage as Deppin said that he came here for the money, but Crawford kind of reminded him of a young him. And he said they both came back from injury and they both want to put Kevin Blackwood on the injury shelf. And they called themselves a couple of dirty ass bastards who are here to take over MLW at any cost. I'm not sure if that's a tag team name, but hey, we'll go with it. Mr. St. Laurent said that there would be a lawsuit because of the expose in the World Titan Federation saying that it was just a hit piece. They actually showed Shane Strickland versus Ricochet back from October 5th of 2017 at the first ever MLW one-shot because there is an upcoming uh, one-shot this year as well. And in this match, Strickland wins by submission with a twisting armbar. It's kind of a... People don't realize how many people have come through MLW, but just kind of going back here and showing people like Swerve and Ricochet definitely shows the death of their alumni. Selena De La Renta said that she brokered a deal with CM, uh, CMLL, but it won't come without a price. Alice Kane defeated Mr. Uh, Mr. St. Laurent's mystery partner, who ended up being Siniski, uh, representing the WTF here, the World Titan Federation. And but Alice Kane makes Siniski tap out very quickly with a choke. On Women of Wrestling, Women of Wrestling Superheroes, we have The Last Call defeated Jennifer Flores and Steffi Slays after hitting the heart attack that they call the pickup line as Wrecking Ball gets the pin on Flores. Holly Dead defeated the debuting Rebel Hayes. Fury, who is the only heavy, heavy metal sister left here, joined commentary for this match. Um, Hayes used to go by Banshee on the, on the SoCal indie scene, making her debut here on WoW. Very similar rocker gimmick that I could see fitting in with the heavy metal sister, so that's probably why Fury was kind of scouting her, as she would definitely fit in with her. Good showing from Hayes, but Holly Dead stops here with the double underhook face buster to get the pen. The Brat Pack, which is the tag team name of VK Rhythm and Gigi Gianni defeated Ariel Sky and Coach Campanelli of Team Spirit. Gianni hit an impressive running power slam on Sky for the pen. Uh, Stephen Dickey on commentary even said that it was shades of Dr. Death Steve Williams. We have a Women of Wrestling Tag Team Championship match as the Tonga Twins and Miami Sweet Heat ended in a no contest after the referee gets taken out and Lana Star, Las Banditas, the Mother Truckers, they all get involved here as chaos ends the show. We go to NWA Power. We have for the vacant NWA TV Championship, Mims defeated Zicky Dice to get his first ever championship gold in NWA. A little bit of back and forth at the end until Mims rolls up Dice to get the win. Carrie Morton and Alex Taylor at the Southern Six defeated Rolando Freeman and Rush Freeman of the Spectaculars pretty, pretty, pretty quickly after Taylor hits Rush with the green whistle for the easy win. Kyle Davis was in the ring with Chris Silvio, Esquire, Blake Troop, and Jax Dane as Silvio says Dane is no longer a member of the Savages and everything Dane has or is doing is because of him. Silvio says if Dane wants a match with Troop, it'll be a submission match in which Dane agrees to. Judas defeated Sal the Pal by disqualification after Gags the Gimp interfered to save Sal and take him away right when Judas was about to finish off Sal. Rolando Freeman gets interviewed backstage saying that he's humiliated and said he's been carrying his brother Rush and said he's sick and tired of him, but he also doesn't know what to do. He's conflicted with what Brady Pierce has been telling him. So he proposes Brady Pierce versus Rush Freeman in a Loser Leaves Town match and will Rolando Freeman himself will be the special guest referee. The main event here for the NWA US Tag Team Championships, Daisy Kill and Talos defeated the Country Gentleman, but this is the new Country Gentleman as Anthony Andrews has left NWA. So AJ Kazana has a new tag team partner 
and his little brother, Casey Kazana, making his debut here. His legit brother here, both the sons of Joe Kazana. He just started wrestling earlier this year, actually. Uh, Daisy Kill gets the pin on Casey, though, when Talos take him out with a big choke slam. And then after the match, Kratos and Otison, the tag team of the Immortals, come out and challenge Daisy and Talos to an impromptu title match. But this ends pretty quickly after two minutes when Daisy and Talos just left, leave the ring and get counted out. On NXT Level Up, AZ Damon and Tatum Paxley defeated Kalani, Jordy, and Valentina Faraz. Uh, Paxley gets the pin on Valentina after hitting her new finisher that she calls the Cycle Trap. Dante Chen said backstage tonight he he will show Drew Gulak what is Singapore style. They ask him what Singapore style is, and he doesn't really know, but he says that he's really good at it. Javier Bernal and Luca Crucifino defeated Tyreek Igwe and Tyson Dupont. Bernal rolls up Igwe as he was distracted, knocking Crucifino to the outside. Drew Gulak, in his level-up debut here, defeated Dante Chen as Damon Kemp, Charlie Dempsey, and Miles Bourne kept interfering on the outside until Gulak hit the power driver on Chen for the pen. So, whatever Singapore style was, it definitely didn't work on this night. And on WWE main event, another week here with all women wrestling, as Indy Hartwell defeated Zia Lee after hitting her new full Nelson facebuster finisher, and Nikki Cross defeated Caden Carter. Uh, during this, Cross came a little bit too close to Wade Barrett on commentary and spooked him out a little bit. Cross hits the purge neckbreaker to get the pen. That is it for me this week. You guys can catch me here next week for another episode of Shot in the Dark. <laughs>